Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Lady Lane, and I am your host of the This, That, and the Third show. And I want to welcome you all to my second episode. Thank you all for tuning in and joining me today. As always, it is my role, it is my desire to always inspire you, empower you, motivate you, and move you during the hour that we have together. But as always, I want to start off by giving the Almighty his due, because none of this would be possible without him. And you know, one of my favorite songs has always been, Let Go and Let God. Because knowing is so comforting, right? That God has it under control. And if my cast and if I cast my cares onto him, I have full faith and assurance that his will will be done. He will bring me through anything. He will bring me through it and out of it. And every time I have given something to the Lord, he does bring me through. The way I see it is if God brought you to it, he will bring you through it. So when I ask you to give it to God and let go, it means truly letting go of your ego and opening up your spirit to be led by God and trusting where his path leads. That does not mean you do nothing, you know, because faith requires action. You cannot just sit around waiting for God to act. However, worrying doesn't solve anything. It only robs you of your energy and your joy in the day. Worrying fixes nothing and it is not helpful and does not serve us well. The only thing that does, the only thing, excuse me, that worrying does is give you the illusion that you are in control, which hurts you ultimately more than it helps. In these times of worrying, when you have done all you can and it is out of your hands, this is when you need to let go and let God. Surrender, turn over all your cares unto him. And you know, the path of surrendering can sometimes turn painful as the outcome is not what you wanted. You know, for example, when my husband got sick and I turned it over to God to, you know, heal him and bring us through this. And unfortunately, God had another path for my husband and I lost him. So sometimes, yes, surrendering and turning to God doesn't always mean we're going to have the outcome that, you know, we wanted. Other times, it's hard and you feel like you're really going through it and can't catch a break, right? Because sometimes the path that God has for you in terms of going through it is not always going to be easy. It's not. And you are going to feel overwhelmed at times and that you can't catch a break. But on the other side, it is peaceful and calming for many of, for many people who have mastered casting problems and cares onto God. You know, Proverbs you know, 16, 9 says, Humans plan their course in their hearts, but the Lord establishes their steps. Romans says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So sometimes those detours in life 
can lead to many unexpected blessings in the end. Letting go and letting God is like passing the reins to a skilled rider when you're overwhelmed and trying to control everything yourself. I mean, wouldn't you like to know that you could pass the reins over to an expert? I mean, think about it. Think about on your job every single day. When you have a problem and there's something you can't control and you you can't, you have tried to, you know, you've turned off your computer you have and tried to reboot it. That's the extent of my technical <laughs> know-how. Then at the end of the day, you turn it over to an expert. You say, here, this is my computer. Fix it. I'm counting on you. You're the expert, right? You're the tech person. Fix it. It's the same thing with God, right? When we become overwhelmed and we're trying to control everything ourselves, we need to pass the reins to the skilled divine expert. It's not about giving up responsibility, but it's about acknowledging that forces are beyond your control and finding comfort in faith. So why not take a breather and let the divine GPS navigate for a bit. God has a plan, and his plan always has a greater purpose. The question is, do you trust it? And if the answer is yes, then let go and let God. Worrying how the story ends When I let go, when I let go God, let God have his way. That's when things start happening. And I stopped looking at back then. When I let go and I let God, I let God have his way. I couldn't seem to fall asleep There was so much on my mind I was searching for that peace But the peace I could not find Oh, so then I kneeled down to pray I was praying, help me please said you don't have to cry cause I'll supply all your needs as soon as I stop worrying worrying how the story
right, so we're going to talk about the problems that are in public school. Now, we all know that when dealing with the youth, right, it starts at home. Okay, so if we really want to correct our public schools, home is going to play a big part in it. And parents, 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 <laughs> I am dedicating a whole segment to you all next week and what you can do and what your role is in helping to fix the public education system. But this segment, though, I want to talk about the backbone of public education, the true heroes our public school teachers, you know, the ones who every single day walk into, in some cases, a relative hell for that heavenly cause of educating our kids. So why? Why don't we truly value teachers as a nation? I mean, for years and years and years, people have said public school teachers don't get paid enough or teachers, period. Right. Because private school teachers oftentimes get paid less than public school teachers, too. But teachers, period, do not get paid enough. I mean, for decades and decades, we've continued to hear this. But yet very little overall is being done to fix that. And when we look at teacher pay, we are well behind many other countries in the world. I'll give you an example of that. Okay, according to an international study, Luxembourg, which many people may not even heard of, it's a European country, they have the highest paid teachers in the world. All right. It says in Luxembourg that a bachelor's degree holder is entitled to, right, is entitled to an initial salary of and I'm going to say this in U.S. dollars, $70,323.20 per year. So teachers in Luxembourg start at $70,000 because they recognize the importance of teachers. Switzerland, right? Switzerland is another country where a high school teacher starting out teaching in high school is entitled to a compensation of $73,646.93 at the start, right? Not 20 years in, not 15 years in, not after you've received a master's plus 30 or, you know, whatever, gone back to school. I mean, right out of college with a bachelor's degree to start, 73000 thousand six hundred and forty six dollars and ninety three cents okay and they're allowed they are they have the opportunity right to get bonuses overtime allowance and tips <laughs> that tips in education but yes and so if we take other countries I mean the countries that are in front of the U.S. in terms of education right the following countries pay their teachers higher than the United States, okay? Luxembourg, as we said, Switzerland, Germany, South Africa, Denmark, Saudi Arabia, Australia, Austria, the Netherlands, Spain. All of these countries that I just named have teachers that start off at a higher rate than America. So I'm gonna say this, we have to do better. We have to. Because in America, 
right? The average salary at the national level for teachers, starting teachers, is anywhere between thirty-nine dollars to $41,000, right? That is almost a $30,000 difference than what teachers can get paid starting in other countries, okay? We have to do better. We must, right? Because to recruit and retain excellent teachers, the only way you are going to recruit and retain excellent teachers is we have to pay them more, right? When I first started teaching and I went into teaching, I learned how to teach from some veteran teachers, some teachers who had been in the profession for 30 years. You know, the old where people want to call them, they're battle axes, they're tough, they're tried, they're true, those type of teachers. You don't find that anymore. People are not making a career out of teaching. They're getting in and getting out just as fast. And the result is you have widespread teacher shortages across the nation, especially in the areas of math and science and special education. And part of the reason is, is that teachers in math and science can go into fields, other fields, and make substantially more money, right? Workforce workers who majored in computers, statistics, and mathematics outside of teaching had an average initial salary of $76,000 to start. So it's not surprising that schools have trouble finding and retaining teachers with these highly paid specialties. Right? And that's why the teacher shortage continues to plague the United States. At the beginning of this school year, 86% of public schools struggled to hire educators. Nearly 9 in 10 public school districts struggled to hire teachers heading into their school year. Why? When asked why? many potential hires were deterred by low salaries. I mean, think about it. Think about how much a four-year college education costs. And many people have to take out student loans to pay. So you already have these strapping student loans. Now, grant you, if you're a teacher and you do work in a Title I school, you do have the opportunity to have your loans forgiven after 10 years and on-time payments, but what happens during that time? You're already making a low salary. Then you have to pay back your student loans. I mean, people are not opting for that, right? We're not opting for that. I mean, think about, too, inflation, which has made the cost of living even harder, right? I think it is, let me, I'm just going to, I'm just give me one second to look at my notes because I do have something. Yeah, right? It says teacher salaries have remained stagnant. Between 1996 to 2021, the inflation-adjusted weekly ragers, wages excuse me, of public school teachers only increased by $29. $29. Think about how much the, price of, the prices of everything have gone up since 1996. Think about that. And then we wonder why we're looking at a shortage of teachers or we don't have 
the same you know, we, we don't have like the same, you know, teachers staying. We don't have these career teachers, you know, um, in an article by Axios, school district nationwide, like I said, started another year staring down teacher shortages, right? We are facing, and I, and I don't say this lightly, but in the teaching profession, we are facing an existential crisis. Turnover rates are high and you ask a lot of college students these days. We don't have enough people, our youth, right? They don't want to become teachers. They don't. And if you ask them why, they'll tell you, teachers don't get paid. Kids are out of control. Ah, it's too much work. I don't want to want to do it, right? Teaching is not an attractive position in society. Right? There are tens and thousands of teacher vacancies in the U.S. And more than 160,000 teaching jobs are currently being filled by underqualified teachers because we don't have that many qualified teachers to put in those positions. And where are those shortages most dire? In the South and in the Southwest. You know, and... Yes, teacher shortages have been persistent, a persistent issue for the last decade, but the problem has become exacerbated now and blown out of proportion by the pandemic and a recent uptick in school shootings, school violence, and just the amount of work teachers are having to do now. We are literally, as a nation, burning good teachers out. And like I said, and salaries throughout all of this have remained stagnant, right? Teachers have been given a lot more to do, a lot more responsibilities, and their pay has remained relatively stagnant, right? The narrative of what it means to be a teacher in this country really has gotten worse in the last 10 years as well, as schools are repeatedly dragged into different political conflicts. You know, everything from teaching sex education to same-sex same marriages, critical race theory, and what books they are reading to their kids. I mean, teachers have to go in and literally have to police their words because, God forbid, we, you say something or you present a book or you present a view, and the next thing you know, you find yourself thrown under the bus. We have to change the narrative, folks. We really do. We have to fight on every single level, local, state, and federal level for our teachers. And we have to make education and teaching a respected position, right? In Japan, teachers are revered by society. They are seen as some of the most important people in society. And that is also reflected in how they are compensated. You can't sit here and say, we love our teachers. You know, our teachers are the most important, one of the most important people, you know, because, I mean, everybody has had a teacher, everybody, they're so important. But then when we look at what they're getting paid, it's like the value or the importance of the teacher is just not seen, right? We pay for what we value. So we need to start valuing our teachers, we really have to. 
and we have to pay them a competitive salary to make people want to go to college and say, I want to be a teacher, right? And we have to listen to the teachers. Teaching is like, I think, one of the few professions where people just don't want to listen to the people on the ground, right? They don't. Or everyone's got an opinion on what teachers should do and blah, 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 blah. You don't ever really catch anybody walking into the OR and telling a doctor how they need to perform this surgery or when a computer architect is building or fixing a computer, no one goes behind him and micromanages how to do this and how you should be doing this and that and, and the third. But huh, you like that, this, that, and the third. But um, constantly... Teachers are constantly being told by people who have never even stepped foot in a classroom what they should be doing, how they should be teaching, what the problems are, what they need to do to fix the problems. Like we listen to everybody else, right? We listen to, you know, on the news and media, the ad, you know, admin and some of the admin, they haven't been in a classroom in over like 15, 20 years and are out of touch or they listen to the people at central office or they listen to, you know, about what's wrong with education and what is needed to fix education instead of listening to the people that are on the ground, on the front lines every single day. We need to be listening to our teachers more. And I'm going to tell you, teachers, I got you, I see you, and I will not be letting this issue go. However, we do have to go into this break. Deep in love. 
All right, welcome back. I am super excited, y'all, because today we have my first, very first in-studio guest. While this man may not be a national celebrity, he is a local celebrity in his community around Charlotte. He wears many hats, as he will tell you about in a few. Um, I am going to introduce him, but before I do, I want to tell you a little bit about why I am bringing him on this segment. Okay? Because I'm sure everyone listening is familiar with the PTA or the PTO. I mean, they're located, I mean, in, in every school system, every state, across the nation, you all have one. Right? And I know that I stated earlier that change must start at all levels. But perhaps the most important level is at the local grassroots level. And one organization designed to help and support both students and teachers at that grass level is, you guessed it, because I just said it, the PTA, the Parent Teacher Association or the Parent Teacher Organization, right? And the whole goal of this national organization is not only to focus on what students need and be successful, but also ensuring that teachers are supported. And in many schools, these PTAs can be powerful agents of change locally, right? And sometimes, as I said, you gotta start small and then go bigger. So one of the hats my guest wears today, right, is the president of the PTA, and I'd like to introduce you to, I'd like to introduce you all to my friend, my dear friend, Will Holly. How everybody doing? Well, thank you for being here today. It, it is a true pleasure because when most people think of the PTA, most people think of moms. Right. And they think of, you know, moms and cupcake sales <clears throat> and everything else. Right. But a lot of times they really don't think of dads being involved in the PTA to see you here as a dad as a black man as the president of the PTA I want to say kudos to you appreciate really it. kudos appreciate to it. you I try I try all right yeah. so so tell us a little about your role as PTA president um well my job is like to help coordinate everything make sure everything goes smoothly um any like major decisions through our organization I'm the head of it, and then I just get with the team, and then we figure out what needs to be dispersed here and how can we help better the school towards the kids. All right. Now let me ask you a question. As someone who's involved in the educational system, what are some of the issues you see or hear about in public education? Um, financial problems. Like maybe a lot of um, kids that can do a lot more but they just don't have the means or the stability coming from home um, to like, to like the capability, like, like, okay, like for instance, like the football team, there's a lot of talented players that was on the football team, but we actually as parents and the people that was concerned, we had to help uh, other kids make sure they had socks, uh, cleats, able to find a ride, able to make sure they have food, you know, because they play games, they be hungry and stuff, and they make sure they find rides homes after that. So it's like, you know, if um, in just certain certain sections of Charlotte, like certain neighborhoods, like they're just underfunded. And um, I just think it was more funding and, and 
more means than necessary so they help them, they can go a lot farther and get a lot farther along. Because it's hard to struggle to come to school to, to wear something decent without getting joked on and worry about your grades at the same time for somebody that been through that growing up as a kid. Right, no, no, that that is all so true. I mean, and that's something we talked about last week, just funding and education and just what is equitable. And yeah, I'm glad that your organization is trying to do a big part to help out with equity and education and getting those kids what they need to succeed. And this is where we need to really, really advocate and really petition our state and local legislator to do more because you're right. Um, you know, I, I know I'm going to ask you about teachers in a minute, but I just want to focus on what you talked about. I mean, you're right. How can you go to school and learn if your basic needs aren't being met at home, you know, due to no fault of the students and sometimes even no fault of the parents? And so, yeah, I, there has to be greater funding and greater equity across the boards for kids in, in public schools. I agree. And now in terms of teachers, though, because we're talking about the teachers today. So what are some ways that your PTA makes sure that teachers are supported? Um, well, when we have uh, events like as far as games or any kind of school event, we'll, we'll have, like, food or accessories and stuff like that. And all the accessories, the money that we make, that goes towards the students and the other kids that that's woofed out. So that that helps out a lot of teachers because a lot of teachers come to school like <clears throat> with no money for their own selves, but they'll dig down deep in their own pockets just to help their students out. And like you, you're looking at people that's here to help our kids get a good education that's underpaid already. So you know, for them to sacrifice a little bit they have to give to a kid that is no relation or no bloodline or really have no relativity to them so you know I commend them yeah and you know what one of the things that I I've seen other PTAs do as, as well is just make sure that you know even if it's just fifty dollars or a hundred dollars but that every teacher gets a little bit of money to buy supplies because you're right teachers do not get paid enough and yet oftentimes we're spending our own money. I mean, I remember my years as a teacher. I think that I spent probably about, you know, anywhere from 700 to to $1,000 out of my own money easily at the start of every single school year. And, right. you know, to buy supplies for the classrooms and to, you know, make sure if kids didn't have backpacks or, they, yeah, you're right, or they have snacks in the classrooms because some kids come to school hungry. And all of this comes out of, you know, the teachers' pockets. And you're right. They, they will go broke. They will starve themselves just to make sure that their kids, students, a lot of them have what they need. Right. And, um. and that should not, and, you know, and that should not be the case. It, it really shouldn't. You know, I remember there was the whole big media. I don't know um, if you saw it where the teacher was standing in the middle of the street holding up a sign that said, need money. I'm a teacher. I need money for. I remember that. You know, teachers are out here panhandling. So it's, it's really nice. And you have the PTA, you know, who's willing to donate money to teachers to help them buy supplies. And, you know, speaking of which, in terms of, you know, 
I, I would I would say the more involvement or the more members you have within the PTA, probably the more that you could do. Correct. Right. Correct. All right. So speaking to parents right now that are listening, why should parents join the PTA? Um, we should all join because that way we actually know exactly what's going on with our kids well-being when when we're not there you know and that's a way to that's concerns that happen at the school or something your your child talks about when you get home that you actually can come over there and have an outlet to express yourself to, to, to help put some good input to help fix the things so the things that they complained about or your child mentioned about that it's a place to relay the message to us so we can get it back to the people that need to hear the, hear the message like the higher ups the big wigs to let them know like hey we got some issues here and this is what we need to sort out so it's like a, a war room meeting room and a come to Jesus room you know what I mean so that's why I think you should join and then plus you know that, that little input that you do um, come there and say helps out goes a long way it's a long way with feedback at helping address the issues I could imagine of what's happening right. within the school. And um, I'm guessing that, you know, when, if you have more people that join, the PTA could probably raise more money, which could do more things for students and teachers. Right. You know, so I'm telling you, if, you're, if you have not joined your school's PTA, do so, right? Teachers will thank you for it, and so will your student. Maybe not up front because, you know. My kid would be like, I don't want you to do anything in school, Mommy. But no, you should. You should come out and join the PTA. Right. And my final question on the PTA front, because as I told you, I know you wear, as I told the audience, you wear many hats. So I have one more question on the PTA front where I'm going to need you to keep that hat on for a little bit more longer. I started off by saying, you know, when most people think of the PTA, they think of moms, Right. So right. as a man, as a black man, why do you think it's important for you to be involved? And what would you say to other men to get them involved? Well, in the, in the black culture, as men, we feel like, you know, this kind of like women duties or kind of being like soft or suckerish. But if you look at it right now, look at the statistics. When you look at the news, like, you know, you got all these young men's dime. They ain't got no good role models. They ain't got nobody to look up to. So, you know, as a man, if your child is going to school, participating in sports, or just point, period, trying to do the right thing to try to get an education, and you have the time and ability, because some parents don't have the time and ability. They work like 12-hour shows or, you know, 12 hours and get all the hours they can. I get it. But, you know, when you do have some time, like, you know, just try to join in, chime in, or just do our part. Like, you know, that same, well, I ain't put it by no blast, that same little bit of money you buy for some cigarettes or a 40 at the store, you can take that little bit of change and slide to it, not towards us, but towards the parents, teachers, PTO, PTA, whatever you got going on. And that money can add up to help a kid get a little farther along than where they're at right now. Well, thank you. Seriously. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, we need more men involved in the PTA. We need more men like you, Will Holly, and I thank you for that. And I told you guys, he wears many hats, right? So besides being president of the PTA, 
He is also CEO and owner of Holly Construction. And when I tell you these guys do work, I mean, they do work. Um, they just replaced a brand, uh, put in a brand new deck on my house and literally in a day and a half. And I will post pictures on my Instagram page. If you follow me there, you could check it out. But I mean, I'm gonna let him for agreeing to come up here with me today. I'm gonna let him talk about a little bit about Holly Construction because if you are in the Charlotte area and you need any type of construction, remodeling, reno done to your house, Holly Construction, y'all, I'm telling you, look him up, check him out on Facebook. But I'm gonna let him tell you because he could tell you better than I can. All right, um, Holly Construction, my number is 704-726-1776. Um, you look me up, uh, Holly Construction on Facebook, uh, Holly Construction LLC website. Um, we do all kinds of remodels, kitchen, bathrooms, roofs, you name it, we can do it. Uh, general contractor, pull permit, so, and it don't matter if we in the hood or we in the in the not hood. Everything is still the same price. You know what I mean? I don't try to price gouge nobody. And one thing about it, I understand how it is. Everybody's on the budget. So, you know, when you put your money in my hand, I respect your money like it's mine. So that's all I can tell you. All right. Well, there you have it. And believe it or not, if you need a DJ, right? Because that's another hat this man wears. <laughs> if you yeah, need a DJ do, for do, a party. I do, I do DJ, yeah. Will is on I, the wheel of, wheels I, of steel. I, I still... Get my little boogie jam on. So, you got a little uh, birthday party or something like that, or a little wedding, hit me up. Same number, 704-726-1776. All right. Cool. All right. So, hopefully, Will will stay with me through our commercial break because when we come back, I have something else that I'm going to throw at you guys because I told you, you know, that this, that, and the third show, the third is always going to be something that is – Pretty light, pretty entertaining, and I promised you from last week, we're going to talk about when we get back from the break, places women will not go on first dates. And like I said before, stop it, ladies. Are you tired of the same old talk radio shows? Well, have I got something for you. My name is Lady Lane, and I am a host of the This, That, and the Third show, an all-new type of talk radio show coming to WDRB Media. Right, where we discuss everything under the sun from this, that, and a third, and listen to some really good music and have some really good times and people who just want to come up here and join in the party. So, if you're ready to experience a new type of talk radio show, I urge you to tune in to This, That, and a Third every Thursday at 3 p.m. I'll say it once again This, That, and a Third show every Thursday at 3 p.m. And I am your host, Lady Lane, and I hope to see you there. So please tune in and come check me out. Thank you, WDRB Media, for the opportunity, and I hope all of you will tune in. And welcome back to the This, That, and the Third show. I am your host, Lady Lane. And yeah, unfortunately, folks, during the break, the man who wears many hats got called away because... He wears many hats. So unfortunately, he's not going to be able to take us into the last segment of our This, That, and the Third show, known as The Third. Um, so yeah, you're just going to have to deal with me, Lady Lane. All right. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about this article that is trending, that is going around, you know, about all these spots that women will not go 
right, on a date. And I, I mean, I, I have to say, when I looked at this, well, first, even when I heard of it, I thought it was just absolutely absurd. I mean, it, it's really absolutely absurd. And it sounded like to me one of the most superficial things I, I think I've ever heard. And it really makes us look bad, ladies. I, I mean, honestly. Right. And, and I think one of the reasons why I think that way is because now maybe I have a kind of different philosophy of dating. I mean, yeah, if, if I go on a first date with a guy and he wants to take me somewhere and spend, okay, money on the date, a, a lot of money on the date, right? That is up to him, but it's not because it is what's expected. I do not expect that. And I don't think anyone should expect a whole lot of money to be spent on them during a first date with someone especially if you're just meeting them for the very first time, right? And I, I want to share with you like what I think, you know, a first date should be, okay? At first date, to me, you want to start off small, actually, low risk, low maintenance. You're trying to honestly get to know the person, right? In the most comfortable environment possible. You're trying to see if there's going to be real chemistry, right? So you do start off someplace small, like the, um, hold on, because I have to check, right? You do start off small, like the Starbucks, okay? Like that was on, I think that was like number 17 on the list women wouldn't go according to this list I'm looking at. You know, you start off with the coffee dates, right? Ice cream dates, maybe go to a farmer's market, maybe walk around, maybe do something fun, but low maintenance, because you're just starting to get to know each other. And that way, if you realize there's no chemistry there, you know, you just walk away and, you know, you don't have that whole, like, no one's feeling like, man, I just spent like 200 and something dollars on dinner. Or, you know, or the guy who does spend the 200 and whatever dollars on dinner. And now you're like, man, as a woman, you're like, man, it's now does he expect something from me because he spent that much money on me on the first date, right? So by keeping it low maintenance and working your way up. So by the time you're ready, right, to go to, you know, that steak 48 or you're ready to go to Oku or, oh, I don't know, any of those like fancy places, Del Frisco's that you guys could think about because I know this is a nationally syndicated radio show so you're all over the place, Right? You will know this person and you will firmly know if this person is honestly worth it. So I, I want you to look at it like that. And I also, you know, when I first jumped back into the dating world after being a widow, um, I didn't know where to go and look. And so one of my friends recommended that I go to this really like fancy dancy matchmaking place um and so I went to a matchmaking place I signed up and it literally cost me a grip I'm going to tell you guys literally right it cost me like a couple of thousand dollars and what was even crazy I know the producer just looked at me like what I mean yes yes a couple of thousand but I had to pay a couple of thousand because apparently I got in on a discount, but the men in that dating service, right, paid anywhere from 
8,000 to $11,000. So these were the men who were into your high sixes, you know, low sevens in terms of, you know, what they make every single year. And you know what was recommended by the matchmakers, the places that we should go for our first date? I mean, because come on now, I'm dating like six-figure, mid-six-figure, seven-figure men, right? So you would think, yeah, you're going to all those places. No, wrong. It was suggested we do something like a breakfast or like a coffee house first to talk, to get to know one another, to see if there's chemistry between us, and then go on to other things, okay? So I'm telling you right now, if these are men who are making good money and they're going to these coffee houses, right? And sitting in these coffee houses, they're sitting in these IHOPs or breakfast places, you know, like why, like, I, I, I don't understand why all of a sudden we're saying, no, those things aren't good enough for us. We have to right? We are commanding an expensive meal or to be taken to an expensive place the first time around. I, I, I don't understand that. I, I really don't. Because, you know, to me, I, I feel like if there's true chemistry, if you're really vibing, right, with the person, and if you're, and if there's an honest connection, then it shouldn't matter where you all go. Like, Honestly, it shouldn't matter where he takes you to begin with because you're there for him, right? You're there for him. But when you start talking about, oh, I'm not going to go to this place or that place, you know, it, it's like it makes me feel like are some of us just there for the money or the experience, right? The experience of dining in a Michelin star restaurant or the experience of, you know, having someone spend a couple hundred dollars on you, right? That's what it says I'm here for. I'm not here for you. I'm here for what you can do for me. And if you can't do that for me, then you're out. And let me tell you this, there are a lot of guys who could take you to those places. Like I said, the guys that I sat in breakfast with, right? And you know, we did go to some of those nicer places later on. But the guys, you know, some guys can. Just because they can take you to the nicer places doesn't mean they will initially. Like sometimes I think we get so caught up in what, you know, they tell us on Instagram, TikTok, the songs, what guys should be doing and how much they should be spending and how they need to be holding us down and spending all this money on a bag and blah, 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 blah. That like we're actually starting to believe that that's what matters. And that is not what matters. I mean, because like real talk, I you could go to the Fris <clears throat> you can go to like a place like Del Frisco's and you can be there with a jerk, right? <laughs> so I mean there's no <laughs> I, I you know, just because he takes you to a nice place doesn't mean he's a nice person. Like for real. So what you're and, and, and that's what the thing that I don't understand and it makes me think some of, some of us women have got it so confused, right, that we would rather go to, you know, a fancy restaurant with a potential jerk 
then have dinner at the Cheesecake Factory with a genuinely nice guy. Like, I don't understand that, women. Like, come on. Right? If, if some of these restaurants, because I want to look at some of the restaurants that are on this list right now. Okay, because I know that there are some of these restaurants you would have no problem going to if you were just with yourself, you were with your girlfriends, you were with your kid, you were with, or, you know. So if you would go to certain restaurants by yourself, like, you know, if when you have a night and you want to take yourself out and you decide, okay, I'm going to go somewhere like, I don't know what's on this list. Um, I'm going to go to a buffet or I'm going to go, for ice cream, or I'm going to go, you know, to Applebee's or Chili's, Chipotle, right? You would go there with a friend or an acquaintance or family member, but you mean to say that all of a sudden that when you're going there with, on a date, those places just become obsolete right now? Like that makes no sense. It really doesn't, right? We're focusing on the shell, Right, because that—that's what it is. Someone's ability to spend money on you, right, is no indication of true character, and we have to stop focusing on that shell, right, that superficialness, and we have to get down to the core, because this is how we get labeled, right? Women, we're only gold diggers. We're only in it for the money. If a guy doesn't have money, he can't date us. This is how those things get started and perpetuated from ridiculousness like this. I mean, bowling, I think bowling is a fun first date. I would love to go bowling on a first date, just like I would like to go roller skating on a first date, right? I, I mean, I, I don't understand. These are fun activities, right? Looking here, you know, yeah, I agree. Movies, no, you don't want to go to a movie on a first date because that really is not, you know, ideal for getting to know one another. Yeah, because you can't talk. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, but I mean, there's nothing wrong if, if you want to meet someone for a quick lunch date and y'all go to Chipotle. I happen to love Chipotle, okay? I, I really do. And if it was a quick lunch date, I mean, their food is good to me. Now, I don't know. Every Chipotle is different, but the Chipotle I go to is really good. So on a lunch date, yeah, it's good food. Good food, good company. I, I mean, you know, ladies, just just stop. Like, for real, I, it's, it's not becoming of us. It really isn't. We want, if we're asking, and all of us say, we want men of character, right? We want men of character. We want men who are honest. We want men who are genuine, who are straightforward, who don't play games, okay? Who believe in God, who are family-oriented. They're professional, strong work ethic, Right. Those are the things that matter. Not where they want to take you on the first date. I mean, honestly, and if that's your, you know, your barometer by which you decide whether to continue dating someone or not, then you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on a lot of good people. You really are. And yeah, I, I, I could go on and on and on about the ridiculousness of this list. But all I'm going to say is, ladies, and I'm going to challenge you, do not, do not limit yourself. Seriously. 
do not. Some guys with money may take you to one of these places just to see what your reaction is going to be. You know, and when you, when you react like I'm not getting out the car, he's going to know what you're there for. So I'm asking you all, like, please, please do not buy into this. All right. I'm going to ask you not to buy into this. Now, we are coming down to the end of our show. Uh, my producer's giving me the signal. I want to thank all of you, all of you, all of you once again for tuning in. I hope you will come back next week. Next week, we're going to, like I said, continue on our discussion of teaching and public education as well as another fun topic. I hope to bring you another in-studio guest next week. So stay tuned. All right. And please make it a great week. The choice is yours, but I do believe you'll make it a great week. God bless you all. Love and light. Lady Lane, and I'm out. Yeah. They say Kiki was in. You know, you ain't got to go through all that. You messing with a thug, shouted. <laughs> Yo, got to kick you out. You know what I'm talking